Come on, baseball fans, let's go down on the farm. We'll be checking out the sticks. Gonna be checking out the arms. Seeing who's throwing up some leather. Seeing who's got their stroke together. See the stars of tomorrow play today. Gonna be big fun, let's get on our way. Going down on the farm with Billy Mack and Ray. Hello again, baseball fans, and in particular, you Seattle Mariner baseball fans. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of our new podcast, Down on the Farm, a major look at the minor leagues. Well, I'm your host. My name is Billy Mack, and I'm here with my partner, Ray Alana. Say hello, Ray. Hi, everybody. Hi, Billy. Hi, Ray. It's great to be with you, as always. I want the folks to know that we are brought to you by Open Range Entertainment producers of great film recording and radio content across the entertainment spectrum including their latest holiday release piney the lonesome pine starring simon pegg and jonathan price which has been featured on the disney channel throughout the holidays and we're delighted that they're our sponsor great to be with you now ray last week as you remember in our opening broadcast we reviewed some of the big time top 100 prospects in the mariner minor league system yeah, we had a great time going through the top six prospects in the farm club itself, um, starting with Jared Kalenic and moving on down. So if you didn't get a chance to check us out and you're just finding us now, you can definitely go back and review that podcast. It was a lot of fun to do, and it was a lot of information for you. Well, among the players that we highlighted were, of course, the three brightest uh, pitching stars uh, on the horizon for the Seattle Mariners. Emerson Hancock, 30th ranked uh, prospect in Major League Baseball. Logan Gilbert ranked at 35, and our man George Kirby uh, ranked at 95. So we'd uh, love for the fans to go back and listen to our detailed analysis of them. Absolutely. There was a lot of information for those guys. I kind of got a chance to tell you who my favorites were coming for or moving forward here. Uh, Emerson Hancock's one of those standout guys for me. I think he's got a lot of potential and a lot of growth to happen in this organization. So the future is bright, Mariners fans. And that Georgia Bulldog may be chewing on some uh, batters at T-Mobile Park pretty soon. Let's hope that happens. So tonight, as we move uh, deeper into the minor leagues and the prospects for the Seattle Mariners organization, we've decided for you fans to break it down by position. And since Ray and I both look first at the uh, how far that pitching staff is going to carry us, we've decided, Ray, tonight to look at uh, the pitching prospects in the minor leagues for the Mariners. Yeah, we're going to start off by talking about the AAA prospects. These are going to be guys that are going to be playing in Tacoma this year, at least for a part of the season. Uh, we're just going to go alphabetically, and we're going to go through the top 12 guys that they have listed on their roster for the 2021 season. And we're going to start off with a, a really interesting pitcher. Billy will introduce him here in a moment. Jack Anderson is our number of the, where we're starting tonight. Now, there's a theme you fans are going to get used to here, and that is Bats right, throws right. Believe it or not, all 12 of the prospects we're going to review in tonight's show and next week's show are right-handed hurlers. So uh, we should not be surprised if over the next couple of months, Jerry DePoto isn't scouring the minor leagues and uh, anywhere else in the uh, Latin American leagues, anywhere he can find to get some uh, port side arms in here. What do you think? I completely agree with what you're saying. I'd also like to say that you're going to hear a lot of information as far as about these pitchers, but as far as where they're going to end up and what they're what they're going to be used for with the team is going to be kind of up in the air because some of these guys have been joining us as recently as November and December. So uh, we don't know what they're 
plans are for these players, but we can give you as much information as we can conglomerate prior to. Uh, yes, as Ray just alluded to, November 2020 is something you're going to hear us say repeatedly tonight because quite a few of these prospects have just been acquired by Jerry DePoto. So uh, one of the things we're trying to determine, like everybody else, will they be starters? Will they be relievers? Will they possibly be closers? We certainly hope there's a, a solid mix of all those positions in the staff. So we're going to begin with a fellow by the name of Jack Anderson. That's right, throws right, Jack's. Solid 6'3", 210 pounds. He's 27 years old, so he's had some minor league experience. He came to our Seattle system in uh, 2016. Was actually a midseason all-star in the minor leagues of 2019. He's got a 12-12 and record, but he's thrown a couple hundred innings in the minor leagues already. Has a very good 201-59 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. What do you think about uh, Jack Anderson's prospects, Ray? Well, Anderson is one of those interesting pitchers, and I say that because of the way he throws the ball. Uh, yeah. This gentleman is a submarine pitcher. If you haven't seen it, his knuckles are basically scraping off the mound as he's throwing that ball. Um, this guy works with uh, – he's got a really good angle change, which can be um, intimidating to batters as they step up to the box and they see a new pitcher step in, and he's all of a sudden throwing it from the ground up at him. It also gives a really strange angle for the batters in order to see what's coming at him. As far as his pitch, pitching goes, his fastball and his slider are basically his two pitches he works with. Um, the fastball has a lot of downward movement. It's very active. It's very hard to catch up with. Also, seeing it from this angle, it's very difficult to analyze which pitch is coming at you, whether it's a slider or a fastball. Well, you certainly can't look at him without thinking back to the Kansas City teams of the 1980s and a fellow by the name of Dan Quisenberry, who was uh, just what you alluded to. He was so effective coming in in relief because the angle at which the ball was coming at you was like nothing you're going to see from any other pitcher. And it certainly makes him a very interesting prospect. Yeah, it reminds me of when I was younger and I was watching uh, the A's and back in the days watching Dennis Eckersley and the way he threw the ball. And he had such command up there while he was throwing it at a different angle. And a lot of batters just weren't used to it, which can put them in a predicament and not not know what's coming. Uh, Jack also had a really good college career, uh, 98 appearances with 386 ERA overall and 12 and 9 with 25 saves. In his senior year, he would was 214 with a four and two record with 13 saves. So I anticipate him being able to work in whatever position we want to throw him into the lineup. I think a mid reliever, maybe even a closer would be a good spot for him. Penn state boy. And uh, you just made me remember Ray that I was in the stands the night that Dennis Eckersley, when he was still a starter, he had just come off a no hitter. He was trying to duplicate Johnny Vandermeer's fate. He happened to pitch here in the kingdom that night. And it was Rupert Jones, who broke up his no-hitter that night in the fifth inning. So we bring back good memories for me. So moving on to our second prospect, uh, same last name, different frame, six foot four, 240-inch, 30-year-old Cody Anderson. And we uh, acquired him as a free agent in November of 2019, and he's been recent, recently re-signed to a minor league contract. Originally came out of the Cleveland Indians organization, California boy, who has pitched some in the major leagues. I believe it was 2015 he made his major league debut. And what do you see from uh, young Mr. Cody Anderson? Well, Cody's got a lot of uh, intangibles that you look for in a pitcher. Um, he's kind of he's a starter who really hasn't performed to his expectations, but I think that with a new team and a new kind of point of view, um, maybe new coaching, it can actually help him to get to where he was. He was a top prospect for Cleveland. 
Um, in 2013, he was the pitcher of the year in the Carolina League, 9-4 with a 2.34 ERA. This guy's got a lot of stuff. He's uh, pitching a fastball, a curve, and a change. Um, his fastball is a four-seamer that hits in the mid-90s, and his high fastball is really hard to catch up to. I've seen a lot of people whiffing on that pitch. I'm with you. I think uh, it is kind of maybe his time. He's reached 30 years of age. He does have a 9, a 9, a 500 record in the few major league appearances that he's had and a decent uh, strikeout to walk ratio. He's got some command of his pitches. And this could be the year that uh, Cody Anderson makes a splash. Yeah, I I agree completely. I think that um, he's a different style pitcher. He's not your power pitcher that you see on the mound. He's not throwing those high 90s, uh, you know, even triple digit balls. But um, he's a bend but don't break kind of bat- a pitcher. He'll he'll get a lot of p- batters hitting into grounders and pop-ups. And that's kind of what we want from him is just to kind of have workable innings where he's not giving up the farm, but then he's staying in the game. Well, we've got another uh, fellow who's been around the minor leagues for a couple of years coming up next. Gerson Bautista, 6'3", 195 pounds. Gerson is 25 years old, and he was originally signed by the Red Sox back in 2013 and actually made it to the major leagues at the beginning of the 2018 season. And I'm particularly excited to talk about Gerson because he is part of what is becoming my favorite deal of the last couple of years, the Robinson Cano-Edwin Diaz deal with the New York Mets. Yeah, it was uh, kind of a throw-in in that deal. He was just uh, another name out of there because we were really going for Clinic and uh, Justin Dunn in that trade, and he was just kind of the throw-in piece. And he has a lot of potential. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't had a lot of opportunities in the majors, but just 13 innings, he gave up 20, 21 hits and 17 runs in those. So it wasn't a great performance, but overall he's uh, showing improvement. He's moving forward in the right direction, which is really good. Uh, he's got a pretty good arsenal as far as his pitching goes. He only uses two, but at the same time, those two pitches and the way he throws them, uh, they're very concealed. He's got a fastball four-seamer in the 98-mile-per-hour range and a slider down in the 86. His slider is sweeps away. It's got a really good rotation on it, really good movement on the ball, and it's really hard for the batters to catch up to. And I do like the fact that he optioned for free agency and decided to re-sign with Seattle in November of 2020. They've assigned him to Tacoma. He's nearing 300 innings pitched in the minor leagues. And I did notice his stats in, when he did have a pitch in the major leagues, had control problems. And uh, sometimes, you, as you well know, Ray, that is just a matter of making the adjustment. The plate tends to jump around a little on you, as Dave Niehaus used to say. But maybe the time is right for uh, this young 25-year-old with a lot of promise to make a mark with the Seattle Mariners organization. Yeah, I think Gershon has a lot of advantages. He's got a lot of just raw talent, which is really impressive. Uh, He's a young Dominican kid, 25 years old. Uh, His fastball has a lot of snap on it. He's over the top with his release. Um, It's got good backspin, so it has a lot of movement down, which is really hard for batters to catch. Uh, He's a hard-throwing young man with potential. Uh, He has control issues. You're absolutely right, and that needs to be reined in. And I think with some good coaching and just perspective and you know just maturity, I think he's going to get there. Hey, baseball fans, down on the farm fans, this is Billy Mack. My partner, Ray Lon, and I would love to hear from you and find out what you'd like to hear on our weekly podcast. You can catch us on Twitter. I'm at D-O-T-F-Billy. Ray's at D-O-T-F-Ray. Visit our website, D-O-T-F.Live. Send us an email to info at D-O-T-F.Live. And we'd love to hear from you and see you weekly down on the farm. 
But right away, we noticed the first three guys that we've taken a look at, Jack Anderson, Cody Anderson, and Gerson Bautista, three different kinds of pitchers with three different kinds of promise. So the potential to not only bring variety to the staff, but also to maybe fill three different roles. Yeah, I think that these guys, I like, I like, like you just said, the variety of the the type of pitchers we have. Uh, one consistency you'll see along the whole uh, level of all the pitchers we'll talk about is the frames on these guys. Uh, you're not looking at anybody under six foot tall, under 200 pounds. I mean, maybe 190, but at the same time, these guys are big bodied, strong, athletic, and they have a lot of potential. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, where all the puzzle pieces will fall as what we'll see from them in the future. And uh, we are particularly uh, focused on how young some of these players are, and not just in age, but in terms of their experience. Uh, a couple of them had a, have had a cup of coffee already. But in general, these are guys who are still discovering themselves as pitchers and, and learning the mental part of the game as well as the physical part. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of these guys are pretty raw as far as like their major league experience. A lot of them have been in these minor league systems for a long time. Some of them have bounced between four or five teams, which is, you know, kind of weird because these teams haven't had the time to take and see what kind of potential they actually have and what they're capable of moving forward. And, you know, when you talk about guys in their minor league career, because one of the things Ray and I like to do is talk about take a step back and look at what the life of a minor league ball player is like. Uh, it's, it's a lot of bus rides and a lot of, uh, a lot of not the uh, most comfortable kind of travel and difficult situations, but it's also fraught with the, the situations they get put in. If, you know, for instance, if you were a starting pitcher for the Columbus Clippers and the Yankees organization for a lot of time, when, the Yankees would go out and buy two or three starters every off season. You could be very talented and still be stuck there for the better part of a decade. Yeah, that happens a lot, especially with some of those uh, big ball clubs. We talked uh, last episode about how certain uh, ball clubs have been able to have a very good farm club and been able to develop players, but a lot of them have massive talent on the upper end and they really haven't been able to move these players forward or they've tried to work a starting pitcher into a reliever role or a, a reliever into a closer role just to kind of fill their gap they have when in actuality some of these players are specifically designed for certain aspects of the game. And another thing that happens to those kind of players is uh, they're stuck behind maybe some other players in the system. So they happen to be the guys that get thrown in on deals. They end up moving from team to team and people scratch their heads and go, well, why is this guy bounced around so much? It just sometimes is simply the luck of the minor league draw. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, that's just how it goes. You know, you don't really... When you're, when you're doing your draft, you're assessing talent. You're not really assessing specific positions. You're just trying to get the best prospects and thinking towards the future. And you may have had a guy in your system that turns into an all-star in the major level, and you're not going to need to move up another guy into his spot at any time in the near future. So a lot of these teams can trade them off, use them as trade assets, or throw them in on deals to kind of make that playoff push the trade deadline. And uh, Ray, you and I both being minor league fans and knowing what it takes to play the game at that level, I'm one of those guys when I hear people use the term choke or a bum or whatever, they have no idea what it takes to even get yourself in the position 
to have an opportunity to make a difference with a franchise in, in any major league sport. Uh, when you make it to the level just below the major leagues, you've really accomplished something. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, ev- the best player in AAA baseball is hands down far and above way better than any person you know personally that plays baseball. Uh, like I remember years ago, there was a, uh, a a radio station that actually challenged a a bench warmer in the NBA to a challenge to play against all these semi-pro players. And they went in, it was named uh, Scalabrini played for the Boston Celtics. And uh, they brought him out to play one-on-one against these guys. And these guys were huge athletes, fantastic. The most talented at their level. They went and played this seven foot tall guy and he was crossing them over and dunking on them and shooting threes in their face just to prove that a professional athlete is so much far and above better than any non-professional athlete ever. Well, I can tell you uh, one of the minor benefits, actually, to me, major benefits of of being a minor celebrity. Uh, with In my music career, I've gotten the opportunity to, to play in a few celebrity contests, play against Major League Baseball players, and their skill level is so overwhelming. When you stand in a batter's box, and uh, I'm telling you, for me, even even trying to hit against the, the bullpen coaches is, is virtually impossible. Uh, I happen to play in a charity soccer game once against the Seattle Mariners. And I remember running into Scott Bradley, the catcher. And the next thing I remember is seeing the lights of the Tacoma Dome because <laughs> I was flat on my back. Yeah. These guys, not only are they better at the sport itself, but these guys are professional athletes. And I can't stress that enough what that means. These people are at the peak of physical condition in almost every sense. Uh, These guys are, you know, even the larger guys that you don't think are in shape, they're greatly in shape. They can run faster than you. They can jump higher than you. They can swing a bat a lot harder than you. And uh, it's just kind of funny that people take for granted what these players go through, because like you said, they're traveling with these teams. They're in buses. They're not in first-class jets uh you know they it's a very big difference between minor leagues any level versus major leagues and the level of mental commitment that it takes in short uh a tip of the cap to these minor league players and we want to make sure we always give them the respect they deserve for the commitment they have made to the game to their career to uh, and the commitment of all the people around them their families what they go through so uh moving on to our next prospect once again, uh, you probably can guess uh, how this particular prospect throws and hits. Ray, what would be your guess? Throw right, bat right. <laughs> we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, uh, Nick Duran, right-hander, uh, six foot four. As Ray mentioned, another big body, six foot four, one ninety. He's twenty-four. He'll turn twenty-five during the season. He was a fifteenth-round draft choice of the uh, Boston Red Sox in twenty fifteen, and. They released him in 2019. We signed him as a free agent. He was originally assigned to the Modesto Nuts. He moved up to Tacoma. Uh, don't let his win-loss 8-13 uh, and 13 record fool you. He's got a good 3.6 ERA, a nice strikeout-to-walk ratio, 139 strikeouts to 48 walks. And I think Nick Duran might be a bit of a sleeper. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, he is... He is actually a guy that's progressing. If you look through just like his stat chart, you'll see that uh, at the beginning of his career, he struggled a little bit. And as he's moved forward, he's done really well. Like you said, he was with the Modesto Nuts recently in 2019. He went 3-1 and one with a 2.23 ERA and two saves. And he only pitched 36 innings with 51 strikeouts and 17 base on balls. Mm. And one of, the, one of the most telling stats, 
His opponents are only batting 228 against him. Uh, he's a really good pitcher. Another example of a player who improves, gets better and better. Don't let some of those overall win-loss stats uh, throw you. He's continued to work on his game, work on his craft. And uh, those numbers he had, he put up there that you just mentioned, I think show the kind of promise that Jerry DePoto is looking for as he moves guys up through the organization. Yeah, for sure. He's uh, he's got a good pitch arsenal too. Three pitches he mainly sticks with. He throws a fastball in the low to mid nineties. He's been clocked up to ninety eight miles per hour with it. Uh, he does have a little bit of control issues when it comes to the fastball, um, but he's got a straight pitch. There's no action on that ball. It's just a right out of the right out of his hand, right to the glove of the catcher. Uh, low rotation. He also pitches a slider in the mid eighties with really decent movement and a changer changeup in the low 80s and that's a very deceptive pitch it looks exactly the same as his fastball coming off of his hand which is an impressive thing and uh makes it so hitters have trouble catching up with it and uh, you know you're right ray when you dive into those numbers ever deeper and you see that there's a little control issues with the fastball with 139 to 48 strikeout to walk ratio that means those off-speed pitches that number two and three pitch he's able to get those over the plate yeah, exactly. Uh, the fastball is the only one that he's having trouble with. And, you know, that's your early early uh, pitch count ball, and uh, he's having a little bit of trouble with it. But when you see him throw it, he's got a lot of command with it. When he stands on the mound, he looks like he's ready, and uh, it's been pretty impressive. I think he has potential to be a starter, um, but more likely I really see him in a bullpen role, role as like a setup man uh, in the like sixth, seven, eighth inning uh, to get the game kind of to the next level so you can possibly take it home to win it. I think he has a high ceiling, but I, but he definitely has work to do. Well, uh, fortunately, there's uh, it's become a specialty among baseball agents to uh, keep track of those hold statistics. So when contract time comes around, uh, those guys can prove very valuable to an overall makeup of a staff. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of one of those unsung hero positions in baseball. A lot of people don't look at their uh, mid-relievers and their – holding pitchers uh these these guys are what keeps the game close and of the ability to win the game when they do with their thing well we move on next to a 27 year old six foot one inch 195 pound matt festa who you guessed it throws right hits right he's one of our own draft choices we drafted him in the seventh round of 2016 he has played uh, at the big league level in 2018 He's been mostly with Tacoma in Arkansas and was last recalled uh, in September of 2019 and was a non-roster invitee to spring training this year. But uh, this fellow's put up some good numbers in the minor leagues, right? Oh, yeah. He's, his minor league line is actually fantastic. It's a 16-7 and seven with 31 saves on 209 innings, 257 Ks with only 59 base on balls. Opponent batting average is down to 242. Uh, now with Matt, he uh, he was injured last season uh, in March March 2nd of 2020. Uh, he actually had to go in for Tommy John surgery after that. It's a 12 to 15 month recovery time in that, but his 2021 return is very plausible. We certainly wish him well, and he is like you said. I, I, his minor league line looks terrific. A guy who has continued to improve at every stop he's made. And if he can come back healthy, uh, he could be one of those fellas that, you know, it takes 10 or 11 guys to make an effective staff. 
Yeah, he's got a good pitch uh, rotation. He's got a fastball, a four-seamer in the low 90s with a lot of sinking action on it, which means it has a lot of back rotation when he releases the ball. It's a little bit harder to catch up when the ball's moving like that, especially at that speed. Uh, his slider is in the mid to high 80s, and he gets a lot of ground balls out of his out of it. Curveball, the low 80s with a 12 to 6 movement. It's a strikeout pitch for him. He uh, tends to throw that late in the count, and people bite on it, and they're swinging away. Um, I really like his potential. He's got control issues as well, but I think the one thing about him that kind of stands out in all the all the videos I've been able to find on him is his control on the mound. He just he just commands the mound when he stands up there. He's almost intimidating to the other uh, to the opponents and the batters. And you can kind of see it because they look a little hesitant early in the count on against him. And once again, 27 years old, plenty of experience coming into full command of his of his arsenal. We just uh, gotta pray that his health returns, that he's solid and and can become part of the of the the the, the group out there in the T-Mobile field in the very near future. So yeah, we've think- gone. I'm sorry, Ray. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's really exciting because a lot of these guys are really fresh to us. So we're going to get to see where all, where, where they end up. And uh, there's a lot of versatility with these guys so they can do virtually anything. I mean, he can be a reliever. He can be a closer, whatever he wants to do. So six on our list for today, and we're just taking them in alphabetical order. And we're going to divide this into two different shows. So he's going to be our final prospect. We look at here in episode two, Moises Gomez. Right-handed thrower, 6'1", 215 pounds, just going to be 24 years of old of age in February of 2021. He was uh, an international free agent, originally signed by the Twins six or seven years ago in 2014, and signed with us, uh, as you guessed it, November 2020. Jerry Depoto signed him. He's got a winning record in the minor leagues, a low ERA, pretty fair strikeout-to-walk ratio. He's up to 239 innings pitched in the minor leagues. What do you see in Moises? Uh, one of my favorite standout uh, stats that I could see with him was definitely his opponent batting average. It's down to 155. Uh, that's a stellar mark for anybody. Um, and like you said, he was an international player out of Venezuela. And uh, so he didn't get scouted quite as much as a lot of these other guys. He could have gone pretty high in the draft, but he was uh, just a free agent acquisition for the Twins organization in for 2014. Um, he's got a fastball in the upper 90s. It's his best pitch. He's got a quick wind and release. He doesn't waste any time on the mound. He's throwing that ball, hurling it down to the batters. He's got a curve with great movement and his changeup with a release that looks very similar to his fastball, which is, well, exactly what you want. So there you have it, uh, baseball fans, Mariner fans. The uh, first of our six minor league prospects currently signed to Tacoma, the Tacoma Rainiers. Uh, and one of my favorite franchises. And, you know, for those of you who don't know it, the uh, Tacoma Rainiers in 2019 won a very prestigious award, the Minor League Golden Bobblehead Award for promotions for the This Is Our City, named after the uh, R on the caps. Absolutely. And uh, a shout out to Casey Catherwood, who works for the Tacoma Rainiers, and he's in charge of their promotions, a friend of mine uh, that I work with pretty closely when I work for the organization. Uh, He's done a lot for that organization as far as getting them out there and kind of reinvigorating the community around the Tacoma Rainiers. And it's kind of bringing, they have a great attendance rate. Uh, that ballpark is amazing. And if you haven't been there, you have to get a chance to check it out because it is so intimate. You're sitting so close to the players that you feel like you're so much more a part of the game. And it's very inexpensive to go to these games. And uh, 
yeah, the Rainiers organization has kind of done leaps and bounds over the last few years. Well, one of the things we will be constantly reminding uh, the Northwest baseball fans throughout this series, we're going to have the Seattle Mariners in Seattle, but the Tacoma Rainiers are just an hour south. The Everett Aqua Sox are just an hour north. You're going to have the opportunity to see a lot of baseball, but all these prospects that we're talking about, they, they're going to become a, a part of your baseball uh, horizon. You're going to, they, they're really going to become names with whom you are familiar and guys that you're going to be able to track as they progress their way up into through the system. Yeah, one of my favorite things about this entire situation for Seattle baseball in general is that we're so young right now that anything's possible. These players could move from low A all the way up to the majors in no time at all. They just have to show a little bit of what they got, put it out there for uh, our coaches and Jerry to be able to see what's going on. I think that listening to this podcast is actually going to help everybody because it's going to be a more of a liquid season. What I mean by that is that the players are going to be moving a lot. Uh, we're going to have players moving up, moving down, moving everywhere around. And I, I do anticipate Jerry to be making some moves as well in this season. I don't anticipate us, you know, signing a huge free agent acquisition because we're not ready for that right now. We're trying to build from within, make our team better one step at a time. Well, no pun intended on your liquid season, but it will be a fluid situation in the bullpen this year. That's for certain. So there you have it. We have Jack Anderson, Cody Anderson, Gerson Bautista, Nick Duran, Matt Festa, and Moises Gomez, the first six of our minor league prospects on the pitching staff for the Tacoma Rainiers. And we sure hope you've enjoyed hearing about it. Yeah, absolutely. And stay tuned for next episode. We're going to jump right back in and do the, the other six pitchers that are on the roster at this moment. And we're going to give you as much information as we can possibly acquire about these guys. So be sure to tell your friends, your fellow baseball fans about this podcast down on the farm. You can find us wherever podcasts are available. You can listen to us every week and we hope you will subscribe and join us and become part of the baseball community we're trying to create. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun this season, guys. I hope you guys are all with us for the whole ride on this thing. It's just going to get more exciting because we might be talking about some prospects that you may never have heard of, but we're about to get into the infield and outfield coming up real shortly in the next couple of episodes, and it's going to be a lot of entertainment, a lot of moving pieces. And as we mentioned, you will be able to make these names real. You're going to be able to go to the park within an hour's drive and see these young men uh, as they as they make their way towards the major leagues. So we'll see you next week with episode three with the rest of our pitching prospects in Tacoma. Until then, I'm Billy Mack. And I'm Ray Lana. And we will see you down on the farm.